0: Rising 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 girls Hello dear listener. You're listening our Rising Girls Global podcast. We are from Rising Girls Global, an initiative powered by Dior and UNESCO, created under the program Women at Dior. We would like to support young women aged 17 to 25 to land a job in one of five sectors. Business and finance. Creative and Arts, Communications and PR, International and Public Affairs, and Tech. In these podcasts, we aspire to share inspirational stories from younger women on their journey and amazing achievements at such a young age. You can be anything. There are a lot of choices. And we are here for you. Today we are meeting 23 years old Dutch Kato Ong, who is currently based in Stockholm as a master's student at the Royal Institute of Technology, where she is doing a specialization in physical interaction design. She did her first year of master's at the Université Paris-Saclay, but before she obtained her bachelor's degree from the Maastricht University, where her program was a mix between computer science cognitive psychology, ethics, and law. Her professional background is linked to statistical analysis at the UN University Merit, research into innovation and digitalization in the agricultural sector at the OECD, and now she is about to start an internship in Swedish femtech startup Hormona to do her master thesis on designing a community on a hormone tracking app Foster empowerment and break the stigma surrounding hormonal health. Hello, Katu. It's such a pleasure to host you here today.
1: Thank you so much, and thank you for uh, inviting me to speak on your podcasts. So, let's
0: start from the very beginning. What did you want to become when you were a child? Have you been following your childhood dream career path?
1: Um, so, yeah. I really wasn't one of those people that knew exactly what they wanted to do. Um, I remember being a kid and I basically wanted to become everything, I think. So, for example, I wanted to become a professional field hockey player. I wanted to open my own restaurant, be a baker, a fashion designer, even a surgeon, a movie director, I think, an astronaut. I remember wanting to work for NASA or the FBI. So, yeah, like many, many different things. And then I think it wasn't really until high school that I really knew that I wanted to go into the fields of technology because in the Netherlands, you have to pick a direction after three years. And I think this is also the first time where I really felt like my decision or expectation was um, determined by my gender, actually, because I remember just like really, really clearly that to me that only guys were expected to choose like this very science-heavy direction And it's not like no girls would even choose this uh, because there were plenty of them as well. But majority was still guys, of course. And so even though I really loved STEM courses, I think that something that pushed me even more into this direction was actually the societal expectation that I shouldn't. Um, But then actually for my bachelor's, I didn't do something that stack heavy because I chose to combine technology with psychology and philosophy and also a little bit of law. Um, And I mean, this was also one of the reasons why I was interested in technology, because I've just always been very fascinated by just like the huge impact it has on society and humans. And I just really wanted to look at the combination between humans and uh, technology and basically see how we can use it to make the world a better place and people happier, as cliche as it might sound. Um, But this has always been my dream. And yeah, now I'm doing something that I really love and I'm really happy about. Let's talk
0: about living in our society. Have you dealt uh, with the societal pressure on yourself to do many extracurricular activities, internships, jobs, being involved in associations alongside your studies to build uh, the resume uh, to get that perfect job and what did you do in uh, this situation if you uh, have already had it
1: uh yeah so I really like this question because I've actually done many things during my bachelor's besides my studies and my main motivation was always just me wanting to do things that I was really interested and passionate about um I mean I've always liked to keep busy and do many things And I think it's a really good um, opportunity to expand your social circle and also meet other interesting people. Um, I mean, I'd be lying if I say I didn't also do it because I knew it would look good on my resume. But for me, it was never really, I think, the societal pressure that pushed me to do all these things. I really just did them because I wanted to. And I mean, that's why I also don't have that much actual professional work experience in terms of jobs or internships. Because I was always more interested in doing these other things. Um, But even though I didn't really feel the societal pressure to do things beyond my studies, I feel like I had to make it look easy somehow. Because I feel like also, especially in our generation, I mean, it's almost expected that that we do more than just finishing our degree. And it's crazy to me how even having a bachelor's and a master's, which is already a privilege in itself, is almost not even enough anymore. And I mean, it has become so commonplace for people to now feel the need to build their resumes. And especially with LinkedIn, I mean, you're constantly exposed to what your peers are doing in terms of job experience and internship. And it's so hard for you to not compare yourself to other people. And I mean, it can take a toll on people's mental well-being as well, I think. Because if you see all these people doing these things, you might think, Why am I not doing them if they're already struggling with finishing their degree, for example? Um, So even though I did many things during my bachelor's, I didn't really want to admit to anyone that it was actually really hard and that it took a toll on my mental well-being as well. Because it was many, many things that I had to juggle around. Um, I think I just really wanted to show people and especially my friends who were struggling with things as well that you can do it all in a way um, but now looking back on it I do realize it would have been so much more better to be honest and show them that it is actually hard and that it is a challenge so I just think it's really important to essentially be open with the people around you and not just about your achievements um, but also about the things you're struggling with as well.
0: Yes I completely agree with you I that nowadays uh, competition in the job market is so high that everyone wants to stand out uh, and uh, and be better than others especially in uh, in some uh, sectors where there are so many applicants for one uh, for one position uh, but I also uh, agree that the pressure uh, sometimes is so high that it's a difficult for uh, for a person, for a student uh, to manage it. Uh, let's uh, talk about uh, the sector you are actually in. Uh, tech sector is mostly men-based. Uh, how would you encourage women to choose this field? And what are the main challenges that a young girl may face in tech?
1: Um, yeah, so... I think in encouraging women to choose technology, we do really have to make a distinction between women that want to but feel like they can't and women that don't even consider it a possibility in the first place. And also we should stress that, I mean, not every woman wants to work in technology in the first place. Um, It's really more about making everyone feel like they have the ability to do so. And so I think lack of confidence is the main issue among women who want to pursue a career in tech but maybe feel scared to do so. Um, so I think it's really important to just be very confident in your abilities and trust that your education and personal experiences have prepared you for this career. And I mean, I know it's easier said than done, but if you want to go to technology, I mean, just do it. Don't let anyone else make you believe that you can. not And I think one thing that really helps with this is to just be encouraging towards other people in their career journeys as well. I mean, technology can be a really competitive field, um, but I think it's really important that we lift each other up and be encouraging toward other people. And when others do the same to you, I think it's uh, really beneficial for feeling confident yourself as well. And then I think for people that don't even consider pursuing a career in tech, the underlying issue really is gender socialization, where women women have really become internalized to think that they are not suited to work in technology. And I mean, it's also not just women in tech. It's women in general, but also for men, it can be hard to pursue a career that isn't deemed as a very manly job or they're scared that their masculinity, whatever that means, is hurt by choosing a specific career path. So I think it's just really important that we as a society Stop making people believe that they cannot do something just because of their gender. And I mean, this is really complex. Like, it will take a really long time until we actually reach this point. Um, But for me, what I find very important is representation. So I think it's really important for people to see that it is not just men in tech. And this starts from a very young age. So like in children's books or in the movies that we watch, there should just be more diversity. Women should be portrayed in leadership positions as well. And especially in tech, like women should speak during conferences, teach at university, and just be more visible for people to destigmatize the whole notion that only men are suited to work in technology. And also, I'm not trying to say that it sh- that men shouldn't be represented anywhere anymore. Um, but I mean, whether they want it or not, They do have a certain privilege in society and especially in the field of technology. And they just have to realize that it's not just women taking something from them that they feel entitled to. It's really just about women being entitled to as much as they are as well. So I think it's really just all about showing diversity and to have people feel represented in the roles that they wish to do.
0: And you're specialized in the intersection of human-centered technology, and, uh, and you're also very excited about designing innovative, inclusive, and intersectional technologies from anti-racist and eco-feminist perspectives. Uh, could you give us uh, some more information regarding this career path and your achievements? Because when I read that for the first time, I was super impressed.
1: Yeah, so I know it's a bit of a mouthful and a lot of complicated words together, um, but my interest really comes from the fact that I really want to create technologies that promote equality and equity. So during my first few years of studying, it was mainly based on racial equality. Um, So I wrote a paper, for example, on how to reduce racial disparities in the U.S. criminal justice system by implementing a non-biased algorithm and then during my first years of Masters, I created a design for a VR game to reduce implicit racial biases in the workplace by choosing empathy through perspective taking. Um, but then actually only I think during my second year of Masters, my focus shifted more towards gender equality. Um, and so I'm going to start uh, my internship now at the end of January at a femtech company star Hormona. And this company has developed a hormone tracking app and is also developing the first at-home hormone tracking device for people to accurately track their hormone levels on a regular basis. And then my project will be about designing a community on the app to foster empowerment among people, to break the stigma surrounding um, hormonal health. So yeah, those are a few examples of uh, the things that I do.
0: This sounds very interesting for me. And what is one thing about your field of expertise that almost no one agrees with you about?
1: Um, Yeah, I really like this question. So I do have many opinions and, of course, also many of which people don't agree with. Um, So when I was looking into my master thesis, I was mainly focusing on looking for femtech companies. So these are companies that are founded by women and work in the field of using technology to address a women's health issue. Um, the one thing that kind of bothered me about all these companies is that they use very gender language. I mean, the entire word "women's health" already excludes an entire part of the population that might some suffer from similar issues that doesn't necessarily identify with the female gender. And I think, especially these companies that are based around the whole premise that technology has to be more inclusive they should be, in my opinion, more conscious about the language they use as well and the people they target. Because I do think like femtech companies are really, really valuable because they show that technology shouldn't just be designed for the male gender. Um, But by them using the word women, they really uphold the binary notion of gender. And so even though they're making such great strides to diversify the whole field of tech, I feel like they could do it even more so by being more progressive and more willing to make boundaries in that sense.
0: Tell me about the most influential person in your professional life and how they impact you.
1: Yeah, so I have never really been one to have many role models, um, but I do think there have been two people that really make a big impact on my professional career. And the first one I met during my summer school last year. And during this time, I was actually thinking about making a career change or a change in my studies. Cause while I really loved what I was doing, I was kind of scared that my skill set as a designer or a user researcher wasn't really uh, enough to make a systemic change in how technology was uh, being implemented in our day to day lives. And so I kind of thought about going into technology or digital policy, because I felt like by going into policy, you can make change on a more general level. Um, But during the summer school, I met this woman and she worked for Deloitte Digital. And she was just telling us about her project as a lead designer. And she was doing really incredible work, actually. I mean, she worked on the Corona health app for the UK, I think. And she just did many other things that made me really realize that as a designer, you can really make a big impact, but that it just depends on the projects that you work on. And so at that point, I didn't really know what I wanted to work on or in which field I wanted to to end up. And so the second person that really influenced my uh, professional career is actually one of my TAs in one of the courses I took here in Stockholm. And I think it was during our first class where everyone was introducing their project and their interests. And she was telling me about working on feminist technologies. And this was literally the first time after 20, 23 years now, I think, that someone used the words feminism and technology in the same sentence. So for me, something really just clicked and it literally opened up an entirely new world to me because I never knew that you could use technology and feminism, like in the for your work in the same space. Um, so that's when I realized that is really what I want to work in. So yeah, these two people really made me realize that you really can do impactful work and still do work that aligns with your values as well. That
0: is just wonderful. And what kind of career advice uh, would you give to your younger self?
1: Um, So I think the advice I would give to my younger self is still advice I live by today, actually. Um, So I think I would say that it's okay if you're still trying to figure everything out. I mean, you don't need to know exactly what you want to do with the rest of your life yet. And also be happy about not knowing it yet. I mean, it's so exciting just exploring new things, engaging in any interests or passions that you might have. So don't try to put so much pressure on yourself and also don't let anyone do the same. I mean, we all go through life trying to figure it out and thinking about what we want to do. And we might get to a point where we feel like we have all figured it out. But I mean, we might also never even reach this point, which is also perfectly fine. I mean, as long as you follow your passions and do what makes you happy, I think it will help you be happy in the long term as well. So, yeah, that's it.
0: (laughs) Thank you very, thank you very very much for this inspiring chat with Kato. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you very much for listening to Raising Girls Global podcast, hosted by me, Vilma Luisa Gertan. Today's episode was written, researched, and edited by Rania Daliani and me, Vilma Luisa Gertan. Design for the podcast was made by Elvi Manik. Rising Girls Voice by Martin Rienek. Looking forward to your company on our next episode. Rising 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 Girls